Does anyone else remember the Buck the Chuckler toy from the 90s? Written by Dominic Eagle and narrated by Clancy Boston. A blue, cotton-stuffed soft toy, no more than a ball with black button eyes and a stitched smile. As sinister as that sounds, I remember Buck being my closest friend at the age of seven. He either chuckled or uttered whimsical oddities when squeezed. I had a couple of friends over tonight, and they just laughed at me. They thought I'd either made Buck up or entirely lost my marbles. Nothing came up when I googled his name. We all know what your memory's like, Chris, Lucy teased me. Yeah, you can't remember anything from your childhood, so your memory's hardly reliable, Ryan pointed out. Lucy jabbed him in his ribcage with two furious fingers, casting a disparaging glance that asked, Why would you mention that? And in a futile attempt to remedy the despondent look on my face, Evie sharply interjected. You said this is your parents' old house? Do you think the toy might still be here? Show us Buck! My face lit up. You know, he just might. I don't remember what my parents did with him, but I know that a lot of my childhood belongings are in the attic. It was as I hurried upstairs, drowning out the ruckus of my friends chanting, Show us Buck, that I started to recall long repressed events from my youth. I tugged at the cord for the attic ladder, sifting through the corrupted memory bank for reliable information. My eighth birthday party was a traumatic event, so effectively suppressed that my parents, for my sake, have never mentioned it since. But pieces of that fateful sleepover returned to my mind as I reached the top of the ladder, peering into the blackened mouth of the attic. And then I remembered why I stopped being friends with Buck. We were in my bedroom, eating sweets, playing games, and making silly noises. A typical, uneventful sleepover for four eight-year-olds. Does Buck bounce? Mike asked. I shrugged. I don't know. He talks and chuckles. He's a ball, Tim said. Of course he bounces. Tim, ever the domineering one of my friends, snatched Buck from Mike, who seemed glum at the loss of his new fluffy companion. Tim inspected Buck, looked a little unimpressed, then hurled the toy at my bedroom wall with all of his might. Stuart, always the moral compass, berated him. Tim, don't break him! Buck sucks, Tim laughed. Before anyone could respond, Buck chuckled. There was nothing particularly untoward about that. His sudden reaction could have been prompted by the impact with the wall. Though, to my ear, as somebody who heard Buck chuckle every day, it sounded like a mocking laugh. Still, it was Buck's following words that haunted me 
Count Tim? Buck asked. My three friends and I screamed in unhinged unison, and I suddenly realized that I didn't have an overactive imagination at all. For months, I'd been telling myself that my conversations with Buck were figments of my imagination. I was a smart kid, and I knew that toys couldn't say the things he would say, as whimsical as he may have been. I would tell him about my life, and his replies were always too pointed, too detailed, too specific to my situation to be pre-programmed responses. And sometimes, he would reply without being squeezed. But I told myself it was me, all me. Well, on that night, as my three childhood pals screamed in that bedroom, I realized it wasn't in my mind at all. The lights extinguished. As my friends whimpered, seemingly too frightened to speak, I rummaged in my sleeping bag for the torch that I'd planned to use whilst telling ghost stories. I fumbled with the switch and turned it on, blasting the light at my friends. But when I turned it to the spot on the floor at which Buck had lain, I was horrified to see he had vanished. Where is he? Stuart asked, quivering. Tim, is this some mean prank you're playing? Buck whispered from the darkness, unleashing a chuckle afterwards. Tim wailed. Chris, are you doing this? My lip trembled. No, I promise, I... I stopped mid-sentence, as Tim suddenly slid across the floor, screaming. Dragged by an unseeable force... I followed him with my torchlight as his head connected with the wall. It made an awful splitting sound. All four of us screeched in terror, but Tim's screams lessened after the first blow. Lying on his back, my friend looked dazed and confused under the harsh glare of my torchlight. Mike, Stuart, and I sprang to our feet rushing over to Tim, who had blood trickling from his forehead. He was severely concussed. What the... What? Tim asked. Do you bounce, Tim? Buck repeated from a sourceless location in the darkness. I reached towards my friend with a shaky hand, but there was nothing I could do. The unseen paranormal force seized him again, hurling his body at tremendous speed into the wall. This time, the crack was twice as loud and twice as severe. The blood gushed more profusely down his face, spilling into his spasming eyes, and I watched in helpless horror as Buck puppeteered Tim's increasingly lifeless body. A few resounding thuds later, it was all over. 
My parents came bursting into my room to ascertain the cause of the commotion, and they joined the chorus of screams and tears when they saw Tim's bloody corpse with a snapped neck and disfigured skull. Misadventure was the verdict. Given that Tim had a reputation as a troubled daredevil, he once jumped off his roof. But my childhood friends and I knew the truth. I suppose my parents must always have silently feared that one of us killed Tim, but it was Buck. It had to be. The attic door closed behind me, and I returned to the present, a fully grown man shivering in the darkness as ferociously as I did twenty-six years ago. Why, tonight, did this traumatic memory finally come back to me? Why did I even think to mention Buck the Chuckler to my adult friends? Why did you bring me up here, Buck? I wondered in my head. And the ghastly thing is that he replied, I missed you, Chris. A muffled voice said. From some cardboard box in the blackness, a chilling chuckle echoed, yearning for release. I'm no fool, so I immediately ran for the attic door and threw the ladder down to the landing. After sliding down and shutting that unholy thing up there, I returned to Google for answers. Possessed toys, demons, ghosts, you name it, I've searched it. And now I find myself on Reddit, at my wit's end. My disappointed friends have gone home because I made the excuse that I didn't feel well. But at least they don't have to see what happens when you make Buck unhappy. What if he doesn't need to be unhappy to do horrible things? He always used to suggest terrible solutions to my problems. I could make your teacher give you an A, Chris. I don't think you should listen to your mom and dad anymore, Chris. Everybody's soft on the inside. Like me, Chris. I can't endure this trauma again, but I fear that it's out of my control. Like last time. I just walked up to the landing to find the attic door open. Thank you all for listening to tonight's episode of Clancy Pasta. I hope you enjoyed. If you did, I'd really appreciate it if you gave it a like, subscribe for more, and maybe leave a comment telling me what you thought of this video. Thank you all to my supporters on Patreon. I appreciate your support so much, as well as my YouTube members and Anchor supporter. If you'd like to support the channel, any of those will work, but uh, for as little as a dollar a month on Patreon, 
uh, you can get access to ad-free narrations. Huge props to the author for writing such a chilling tale. I, I, I loved this one. I love, I love all things that deal with uh, nostalgic creepiness, and this was a uh, classic. And I will see you all next time. Have a good night, everyone. Cheers.